You are listening to the Trapezoid Podcast with Eddie McQuaid and Anthony DeSold. Please listen with caution as we like to curse and make jokes that are not meant for premature listeners. Welcome to the Trapezoid Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony, and this is Eddie, your other host. <laughs> um, Eddie, how are you? I'm good today, Anthony. How about you? I'm fine, you know, just woke up at my cousin's house after drinking over there. So, so, going down to business, I got a list of topics of what we can do. It's, you know, it's usually in the podcast, kind of like highlights and everything. So, first thing is first, Alexis Lafreniere. Number one overall pick, baby. That's our franchise player. Are you, exci- of you are you yeah. excited? I mean, I don't know much about the kid, but based on the highlights I've seen, this kid is the truth. I'm I'm pumped for the Rangers rebuild. For those of you who don't know, I like the Rangers Anthony Ice Islanders, but yeah. But um but um anyway. So uh, Alexis Lafreniere, I think, is going to be our franchise player for the next decade. I like him. I like Capo. I also like Mika Zibanejad. And I now that uh, we got our young bloods, our goal scorers, I think give it a year or two that the Rangers are going to be competing for a cup. Hmm, interesting. I think the I think the weakness of the Rangers is kind of like on the defense a little bit. I mean, at least you're not like Toronto or anything. That you're not. Well, your, defense, yeah. your, your defense is not that bad, but. It's a little bit of a weakness. Come yeah, on. I mean, the Rangers' defense, I mean, we finally got rid of Mark Stahl. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, speaking of, I guess you could say defense? Hold, hold on. I mean, um, Tony D'Angelo, I, I like him too, but I don't. I, I feel like a lot of Rangers fans don't really like him just due to the fact that he's open about politics, which I respect. But... I mean, in terms of a hockey player, I mean, I don't think he's a front line, first line defenseman by any means, but right. he's a solid. I think he's a solid second liner, though. And speaking of defensemen, uh, coming coming out of the free agency thing, you guys got like Jack Johnson, which, I mean, the crap, the contract isn't bad considering it was a low end contract, but still, it was like, it's it's not really much of a good player, honestly. But, but. At least he didn't go full Jim Rutherford on him, because <laughs> yeah, Penguin fans, Penguin fans, I think were so eager to get rid of him. They were so e- they were so eager to get rid of anyone anyone that Jim Rutherford got like past the twenty sixteen or or actually past the twenty seventeen cup. It's like <laughs> it's like what the hell is Jim Rutherford even doing? Oh, speaking of speaking of Jim Rutherford, <laughs> this Jim Rutherford actually drafted Jack Johnson back when he was in Carolina. <laughs> no wonder why he paid so much for him. God damn it! Yeah, I mean Jack Johnson. Like I know he's not that great at all by any means. And I remember when the Rangers released a statement saying, "Yo, we signed him." I saw the comments like, "What the hell are we doing here?" I mean, I think for one million and change i have no problem with that if he's just gonna be a deaf fourth minor that's yeah, perfectly okay but like, that is perfectly okay I'll, I'll admit that but like you can't i don't think you could pair him up with like jacob truba or somebody like that right exactly so alexis lafreniere jack johnson and now i guess i gotta say i gotta say the rangers are in a bittersweet spot when it comes to this, um, because you guys also got like a good goaltender tandem. Well, actually, I I would say a great goaltending tandem with Georgiev and uh, Shesterkin. But there's also the fact that ah uh, fucking Lundqvist. Oh shit. I mean, yeah, him being a Washington Capital. I mean, him wearing thirty-five is look right to me at any means i personally would have kept Braden hopey considering what his contract was but i understand that capitals had uh too much t- too many other contracts that they couldn't afford 
But so to give Hank a one-year deal and maybe one shot at a Stanley Cup, that should be interesting. And after all, after all those years of battling Ovechkin, they're finally on the same team. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a, that's actually interesting as well. Like you guys get like, you guys always had to like battle Ovechkin in the playoffs, I think, or at least some. Yeah, or at least a couple yeah, of years. Did. And now, yeah. like, Ovechkin and Lundqvist are on the same team. <laughs> how's how's that fucking happen? I mean, honestly, uh, who would have known? Like, honestly, I thought that Lundqvist was going to be a Ranger for his entire career, but obviously he still thinks he's got it, and I applaud him for that. But at the same time, um, I don't know. I don't think he's as good as he once was, but maybe he's good enough to get you one cup, maybe. I think, I think, I think he's actually good enough to be a solid backup behind their young goaltender in in Ilya Samsonov, which is kind of like comparable to Igor Shosturkin yeah. and Ilya Sorokin. Yeah, I mean, I like the I like the Rangers pairing goalies now because we got Alexander Georgiev and Igor Shosturkin. Igor, I think, will be the next the future of our goalies for uh, the next decade. Obviously, only time will tell. Yeah. I've got I got the same feeling about Ilya Sorokin like like if Igor Shosturkin put up some similar numbers to Ilya Sorokin in the KHL what what's keeping them from both from being great in the NHL and the fact that the Islanders are a rather defensive team I think it just worked all of, out of everywhere and the fact that that whatever fucking magic Barry Trotz or even Mitch Korn brought to the table with the Islanders. They just took every shady goaltender they actually got, and then they just made him good. Yeah, Trotz. Trotz always somehow finds a way to get the best out of players. It is. It's like, like I, he, I mean, you got like the cap. You had the Capitals that that finally won a cup under under his fucking coaching, and then they just get rid of him for Todd Reardon and. Two, two first round exits later, <laughs> Todd Rudin's fired. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't understand why Trotz was shown the door, but apparently he wanted too much money. Apparently, the cops were like, you know, we don't need you to actually win. So he takes his talents to Long Island, and he pretty much changed the entire dynamic of that team. Since, as we all know, the Islanders were what we thought at the time of his hire. We thought they were heading for. A rebuild since Tavares was just walking out the door, and here comes Trotz. But he's like, you know what? I could uh, turn this guy, turn this team around. And you guys were just in the conference finals. And I think, did you want to play a series the year before his first year? Uh, yes, actually, wrong? against against the Penguins, we swept them in the first round. Oh, I for, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, so he's he's gotten you to the second round at both times, and then to the and the conference finals. But um. Obviously, Tampa was a much better team as yeah, they just they, won the Stanley Cup. They were just way better, honestly. I mean, granted, I do believe that that we actually did fight very well in the third round and everything. But let's be honest, Tampa was not like the complacent team that they were in last playoffs. They were they were legitimately hardworking talent. That's that's a that's a true thing that actually gets you to win shit. It's like you have talent, and if you work hard with it, note if you do work hard with it, you win shit. You don't you don't just like sign talent for them to just be on your team. You have to sign talent to even to work hard on your team. And Tampa finally learned that. Yeah, Tampa literally last year was the best best team in hockey and got swept out of the playoffs. So <laughs> redemption this year. Yeah. The best redemption this year, and the fact that like they actually did it in like one of the most hardest fucking playoffs ever, considering how there was like an extra round for most teams and around robin, and the fact that all these fucking players had to leave their families behind for two and a half months at most, it's just, it's just a, it's just a physical and mental grind in that, and Tampa fucking came out on top of that. 
Yeah, I, I know a bunch of people are, are saying since this pandemic happened that sports championships should really have like an asterisk and stuff next to it. But if we're going to be honest, this is probably the hardest road for anybody in any championship since um, I know the NHL had, went up to Canada for a bubble, the NBA went down to Disney World. And it's like a lot of these guys they haven't seen their families or their loved ones or anybody in like two, three months. And they couldn't even literally the only time you could like leave the hotel was to go to the practice facility or where your game was. So it's like you couldn't even walk down the block to go to get some McDonald's without ha- having to set out games. Exactly. Like, fuck the asterisk. Yeah. So this like just that aspect of it alone makes it, it and I in my opinion makes it harder. Yeah. And anyone who actually wants to put an asterisk on any fucking sports team and everything, I I bet you one thing, they're probably just salty fans that 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 saw their team lose. That's <laughs> probably. That's just my fucking opinion, but and it's probably even true. So yeah, I mean the way I see it is like every LeBron hater will put a put an asterisk next to this championship if the Lakers win, but <laughs> this is probably the hardest one. I mean Tampa, they they came out kick ass. They did what they had to do, and hopefully um, next time we have a playoffs, there will actually be at somebody's home building with fans. But I don't know how we're gonna go that, down that road since COVID is still a problem here in America. Yeah, it's it's actually kind of interesting, you know. It's just like we don't we don't know what's going on in the future. I mean, we kind of do know, but not really. Um, I do believe Gary Bettman actually came out saying that they're trying to aim at like early January for the next season to start. So we'll see. So what I guess. So I guess that means we're probably looking at like a fifty, sixty game season. Yeah, something like that. I mean, uh, Gary Bettman, I think he did a fantastic job with this bubble, even though I know some, I know a lot of diehard NHL fans can't stand the guys, mainly because of what happened in 05. But, yeah. I mean, obviously, obviously that will obviously be a dark cloud on his resume, but I think he's uh, rebounded nicely from that. I mean, obviously, you would probably know a lot better than I can. Yeah, honestly, honestly, boo Bettman for the memes and for the memes only and and – all that, but don't boo Batman for doing his job. Like, he's work. I mean, obviously, as commissioner, he works for the owners, and therefore he has to do his job. He you know he doesn't get paid nine million dollars per year just to say, oh, the fans don't want this. Okay, boom. Like, nah. And then you know, I also credit him for actually trying to spread the sport instead of like just. Keep it in Canada and all that stuff. Now, granted, I know a lot of Canadians, like Quebec Nordiques fans and Winnipeg Jets fans, were not too happy with the moves from their, with their teams and everything. But then again, the Winnipeg Jets got got their team back. The Nordics, yeah, that's true. Um, let's see. There was there was also a, an expansion into Ottawa in Bedman's tenure. Like in mm-hmm, the and that, yeah, uh, Vegas Golden Knights just came around like three years ago, if I'm not mistaken, and yeah. the Seattle's getting a hockey team in about a year or two from now. Yeah, So, I, I believe the expansion draft is the next draft. And yeah, so... Oh boy, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, considering how the last time we had an expansion draft, then Vegas Golden Knights used it to their advantage and went to the Stanley Cup in their very first year as a hockey team, which is, I mean, which looking back at it, if I had thrown 20 bucks on those odds, I probably would have walked away with a couple hundred grand in cash, but <laughs> I'll remember that next time when Seattle has a expansion draft. Obviously, um, I, I mean, I think the odds of that happening again are very slim, but depending on who they hire, bringing the right guys, the right moves, they, they can be very well. And I think it's great for Seattle because they love sports. And I know uh, when the Seattle Supersonics, the basketball team left, there was like a dark hole in Seattle, so... I think bringing hockey will be very good for the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, and concerning how the uh, the arena, the former arena for the Sonics, um, it was formerly Key Arena, but now Amazon took over the naming rights and called it Climate Pledge Arena, which, I mean, all right. I, I get the message and everything, but it's... Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not 
I'm a bit iffy about the name, but I do get the message behind it. But still, the they're rebuilding. I mean, they're not just like they're taking the roof. They're taking the roof off and they're just letting it float. And meanwhile, they're just like rebuilding the entire arena, like the seating infrastructure and everything. Just completely new infrastructure under the roof of the uh, now Climate Pledge Arena in the middle of Seattle, which is actually not that far from the um. Oh, that fucking uh, Space Needle. Yeah, the Space Needle. As far as mm-hmm. I, I remember on Google Maps. I just... It's just amazing how they're doing the operation. Like... I, I feel like a lot, I was a little bit more interested in, like... In the... Uh, in the Seattle Arena and how it's going to be. Because... I mean, partially because the Belmont Arena, now UBS Arena, is has got me interested in, like, arena design and everything, and I was, like, I was going through around the different, like, highlights and bells and whistles around different NHL arenas, and I think one of the one of the bells and whistles I actually did like in in some of the arenas, or at least one of the arenas, was in uh, Little Caesars Arena, where they just have that fucking LED roof where it just lights up into, like, anything you want, like, red for Detroit Red Wings or American Flag or whatever. I know I'm just going on a tangent right here, but, yeah, it's just, it's amazing how you can just be interested in architecture and because of sports. (laughs) But, yeah, Seattle is getting a new team and everything, and obviously they're called the Kraken. Have you seen the new... Have you seen the jerseys that they revealed? Yeah, it was like some like dark navy blue and like a like Seattle like teal like what the Mariners wear like yeah. those colors. It's like three yeah. different shades of blue and there's a tiny bit of red. That honestly, I I don't hate it. I'm not sure if it's the best, but I do kind of like the design, especially the logo. It's it's fucking amazing. And that's actually from a uh, a hockey team that was in Seattle like 100 years ago, back before the NHL was reinstated and everything. And they were called the Seattle Metropolitans. And everyone was specul- speculating, oh, maybe they're called the, specu- the Seattle, uh, yeah. Seattle Metropolitans, Seattle Sockeye, Seattle Kraken. And obviously Seattle Kraken won out, but... The logo is interesting because the uh, they actually made the S for Seattle, but they did it in the as I saw of a nod to the Metropolitans, like a century before. Actually, I had a bit of a certain vibe from it. It's you know the fisherman jersey, the Anders? yeah. <laughs> I I kind of felt that like I kind of felt like oh, they might have taken a little bit of inf- inspiration from that. I mean, obviously, they didn't do all the wave and, like, the fishermen in front of the net and everything. But they did actually kind of, like, they did kind of, like, take that marine kind of, like, at vibe into it. And they kind of, like, made it into a Seattle kind of thing. And I thought that was pretty amazing. There's also the uh, shoulder logos on the, on the jersey as well. I'm not sure if you actually seen them, but it's kind of like an anchor, and at the top of the anchor is like you see this uh, silhouette of the Space Needle. I thought that was pretty sick. Yeah, I mean, a Space Needle, Space Needle is pretty nice. Yeah, never been to Seattle though, but honestly though, I, one day whenever the Rangers go out there, I would honestly love to go on a West Coast trip out there. Yeah, I I wouldn't mind like visiting a couple of NHL cities out on on the west coast as well. I I certainly wouldn't mind actually visiting uh Vancouver as well. Like that that's kind of like the on the opposite side of the border from Seattle. Yeah, I mean, I I could see a little Kraken versus Canucks rivalry brewing up cuz Vancouver and Seattle, I mean, I don't know the exact distance from each other off the top of my head, but I'm going to take a guess that's got to be less than 50 miles. Uh let's see. Let's see. And I'm I'm just gonna like go on Google Maps and everything, scroll out. And... I mean, I honestly like I haven't been to that many NHL arenas, 
Oh, actually, I was all I was actually kind of fr- really far off on how far away it was. <laughs> it's um, if you're trying to drive, two and a half hour drive. Ah, oh, two and a half hour. You know, it's not that bad. Like, okay, so it pretty much being like driving from Manhattan to Montauk almost. Eh, give or take. It's still still a closer distance than most NHL cities, honestly. Yeah, I mean, um, we'll see. I think even though with that being said, they'll probably still have a nice rivalry going because, I mean, I don't – I'm other than uh, Vancouver, I'm going to take a wild guess that the next closest team to Seattle would probably have to be like San Jose or something or Colorado. Uh, I'm, go- I'm looking at the map, and I think it's Calgary. I mean, I don't know exactly. I know Calgary's in Canada. I don't – I couldn't tell you exactly where it is, though. Calgary is in Alberta, which is like one province over from British Columbia, where Vancouver is. Okay, so it's probably in like the mount some. So like, if we were looking at it from an American standpoint, it's probably in like the mountain time zone. I would assume. Uh. I mean, like I I don't know my Canadian geography since I've been. I mean, I've been to Canada, but I've only been to like Toronto and Montreal, and I haven't been there in like over a decade so yeah i guess i i guess i gotta take a road trip sometime soon (laughs) (laughs) i i I wouldn't mind actually going to montreal one day just 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 for the hell of like being or feeling like you're in a different country (laughs) and that's that's kind of like what what was described to me as montreal like you're just you're in another country and technically you are coming from american but you're not in like you don't feel like you're in Canada. You feel like you feel like you're born in Europe. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but um, I mean, I think now the NHL will definitely uh be expanding with marketing out west, and the people in like Portland and Idaho, I guess, will have a team to cheer for now. <laughs> Maybe. Or Maybe. Or unless Portland wants another a or not another, but unless Port- Portland wants an NHL team, but I mean. I kind of doubt that would happen because it's kind of a, well, it's not a small city, but I'm not, I sure, mean, Port- I'm not sure how well, much the population is over there. Well, I mean, I know they got the Portland Trailblazers for basketball, so I guess if uh, they could work it out there, then I guess they could That's maybe true. add on. But I mean, I mean, I know I did go to school with one kid who was actually from Portland. He was actually the point guard of my, my school's my college's basketball team, and they all love the Blazers out there. So, if for whatever reason uh, Portland does get a hockey team, I feel like that they all might hop on the bandwagon. Yeah. But I guess, uh, I guess we would have to find out. Yeah, and considering how you know D'Angelo is making its thirty-second team, and I think a lot of uh, major sports leagues have been stopping at the thirty-ish limit. I feel like. Well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think 30 to like 32, I feel like is unideal for what you would want in a sports league. I mean, granted, obviously, if like you had 40 to 50, that'd be dope. But I don't know. I feel like that you probably have to, there'd probably be some drastic changes. Yeah. Yeah, you probably have, uh, I mean, West Coast trips would probably be a lot longer. Assuming you expanded out West. Yeah. And obviously that gives a chance for, a lot more people to go pro because now you're adding like 30 more spots and whatever and whatnot. But I mean, I just feel like if uh, eventually, if like somehow, some way, every sports city, ha- every state had a sports team, that would be dope. But I feel like it would not work at all. <laughs> yeah, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think anyone in Montana would actually go watch their hockey team because there's barely anyone in Montana. Like, like the fucking. The fucking state has like only five hundred thousand people, and that's like less than how many, like how 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 many people live in on Long Island? I bet there's more people that live on on Long Island than than there are people that live in Montana. I mean, honestly, I would probably bet money on that too. Yeah. Like, I mean, literally, um, with the NHL draft last week, um, I think it was the Calgary Flames who drafted this kid. I have to double check, but it was. Whoever was drafted, some, one of the kids who was drafted in like the top ten was the first player to get drafted oh, that, that after is being, true. yeah, after being born in the state of Montana. So literally, like, literally, I mean, if one kid in 
The NHL's been around for like what now? 100 years almost? Uh, more than 100 years. Started in 1917 yeah, so... and then now it's 2020. So yeah, so in so 103 years, if it just took one, one person right now to go pro from Montana, then... I would assume that they probably aren't too big on hockey over there. I mean, granted, I've never been to Montana, so I wouldn't know what they love out there. But, I mean, I mean, I think they would probably like basketball the most just because Phil Jackson has a connection there, and he's arguably the best coach in NBA history. But I guess now that there's finally an NHL in, from Montana, maybe kids will hop on the bandwagon and start picking up skates. Yeah. And uh, there was also, speaking of states that, rarely see hockey players come from their states. I believe Austin Matthews from the Toronto Maple Leafs is from uh, Arizona. Yeah, I mean, Arizona, like, it's it's like 95 degrees in, like, January over there. <sighs> Jesus Christ. I mean, like, but to, I... But to be fair, they their heat is, is actually rather better than our heat, simply because it's not fucking humid. Like, it's all dry air, it's not congested and everything. It's it's amazing. If you ever been to Arizona and you just walk out of, walk out of the Phoenix airport over there, the heat there is actually rather amazing. I'll admit. I mean, I've seen um I know a couple people do live out in Arizona and they said like in the middle of the summer it can actually get to like 120 which wouldn't shock me at all. So obviously I guess it would be too hot to put, to go ice skating, <laughs> but I mean obviously if you're talented enough the league will find you. Yes, it will. Yeah, so, yeah, Austin, um, I mean, I also know the Coyotes are out in Arizona. I couldn't tell you how well they run in terms of attendance, it's a, but... It's rather iffy, honestly. I mean, I, mean, it, I yeah. think they have it better than previous seasons. I mean, especially since the Phil Kessel thing. Like, ever since Pittsburgh traded Phil Kessel to Arizona, I think, I think Arizona has seen a bit of a surge when it comes to... Uh, season ticket holders so i mean that's good for them you know if you if you bring in talent to your to your yes if you bring in talent to your team you'll obviously see people wanting to be a little bit more interested in your team but that said doesn't doesn't really happen i mean well i mean it does happen but it doesn't really uh i i want to say it doesn't really oh man what's I'm thinking of something. I I can't really explain it. But their um Arizona Coyotes have like one of the worst management or at least I mean they just like got a new general manager and everything after their uh their fallout with their previous general man general manager and everything. It's oh man, it's a bit <laughs> yeah, I mean, sounds like they're in a hot mess right now. So yeah, I mean, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Like, I, I couldn't name five players on that team. Like, I know they had Taylor Hall for a bit, but I think he's a unrestricted free agent now. Yeah, don't he know is, if he's he is an unrestricted free agent. I haven't heard anything about him signing with any other team. I got a, I got a feeling he'll sign with the Colorado Avalanche, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I know Arizona has a uh, Clayton Keller, if I'm not mistaken, who. Actually played hockey with uh, our hometown home, our hometown hero Charlie McAvoy at BU if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Or yeah. So shout out Chuck. But yeah, Chuck. So Keller. I mean, Arizona. I feel like they have potential if they ever just figure it out. Yeah, if they can just figure it out, that'll be great. <laughs> but yeah. So I mean, Arizona sports are kind of on a downfall right now because I mean the. Uh, Phoenix Suns have been garbage for a while, and the Diamondbacks are iffy at best. And the Arizona Cardinals, I mean, they're on the come up, but they're not there yet. Yeah. So we gotta I, get I, these Coyotes I fixed. Really, I really want to see the Coyotes actually fucking succeed for once, just so just so it doesn't like, just so that there isn't really much of a suckish team in Arizona. Like, like come on, you, you try you you try to make it work in Arizona after removing this team from Winnipeg, and yet you're yet you're. You still suck for how many fucking years? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, like, le yeah, Winnipeg leaves leaves one of the best hockey environments for arguably one of the worst. <laughs> that's that's just depressing. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, at least the Jets uh, eventually returned, even though Atlanta had to lose the hockey team. But I honestly yeah. feel like Atlanta, 
Atlanta is definitely not a hockey market whatsoever. Well, considering how they lost not one but two NHL teams in their entire city history to 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 two Canadian cities. Um, there was the Atlanta Flames who went to Calgary, which are now the Calgary Flames, and there there's the Atlanta Thrashers who now went to to the Winnipeg Jets. Became the Jets. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I remembered the Thrashers. I kind of forgot about the Flames. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, obviously, I don't think of hockey. When I think of Atlanta, hockey's not one of the first things I think of. Because, I mean, I know uh, Atlanta Falcons, as we all know, are pretty much all known for the biggest show job in the history of the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, they got – the Migos are from Atlanta, so they're trying to build the basketball down there, even though the Atlanta Hawks are a dumpster fire right now. But, yeah. I mean – Maybe if uh, Quavo or Offset or somebody could pick up a hockey stick, then maybe the community will start picking up on it again. But <laughs> maybe, but uh, who I knows? mean, yeah, I mean, I don't see anybody from the Migos uh, lacing up skates anytime soon. <laughs> I doubt, I doubt anyone in in the city of Atlanta actually has ever heard the sport hockey. I mean, granted, they had like two two NHL teams there, and they both left. But still, I I doubt. I doubt anyone remembers the fucking Thrashers, and those who have, those who have, must have been really interested in in hockey. Simply because, and concerning how like, I know that there are hockey markets that do make sense for hockey teams to be in, and then there are hockey markets that don't. But then again, how many hockey markets that we have seen that are like? South of the Mason-Dixon line, pretty much. Well, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, somehow, someway, this year, we had two Southern teams in the Stanley Cup Finals with the Dallas Stars and the Tampa Bay Lightning, even though, yeah. even though I feel like I feel like hockey in Tampa is pretty popular because maybe, I don't know. But the Lightning, I know, have been a powerhouse the last few years. Dallas Stars, I feel like, um, I mean, obviously, the Cowboys ring superior in Dallas, but... I feel like the stars are like maybe the Robin of Batman down there. Yeah, or something like that. To be fair, they they had like an iffy few years for a couple of years because you know ownership and everything. But still, somehow they just made it all the way through to the Stanley Cup final this year, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think they would make it that far, and I think uh, the NHL Winter Classic was also in Dallas this year, if I'm not mistaken. I, I thought it was in the... Oh, wait, no. The Stars played in the the um, Winter Classic against Nashville, but I wasn't sure if it yeah. was in tennis. Oh, yeah, it yeah. Was I, I think it was actually in or near Dallas. Maybe in Austin, but who knows? Yeah, the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, the Cotton Bowl. I don't know if it's exactly in Dallas, but I want to say... If it's not in Dallas, it's, like, right on the suburbs outside of Dallas. I mean, I've never been to Texas, so I wouldn't know where it is, but... But, I mean, everything's bigger in Texas, so maybe now that the stars are getting popular, they'll grow down there. (laughs) The stars at night, they're big and bright. (laughs) Big and the heart of Texas. Texas. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. I believe before this uh, pandemic has has started, there was supposed to be another Winter Classic or another stadium series in North Carolina, which is in the... Carter Finley Stadium, which was right across the street from uh, PNC Arena, where the Carolina Hurricanes play. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if uh, we're gonna be having outdoor hockey again for a while. I don't, think, but... I don't think so. For maybe at least for for one or two years. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, as we all know, this pandemic stinks, and I know any game that was supposed to be, yeah, I know any game that was supposed to be played outside of America is pretty much shut down. Because, like, the Toronto Blue Jays couldn't even play games in their home ballpark because the Canadian Prime Minister is like, nah, I don't trust y'all coming to and from America. So, if you want to play, go play in America. So, a little ice cold there, but I understand that it's for the best uh, safety of the people. That is true. Yeah, so, and I also don't see uh, fans being a lot of games, at least not full capacity for a while. Because, I mean, I feel like we have a... I th- uh, hopefully, we do get a vaccine, but... I don't know how long that's going to take. Uh, probably, I think best case scenario, by the end of the year. I'm just going to... Yeah, best... Yeah, I'm just I mean, I think... I mean, I think it's also going to... 
there's also going to be a lot of factors into that because, I mean, obviously we all know it's an election year, so yeah, it's just, we'll see how, we'll see how that goes. Oh, that's interesting. But anyways, uh, let's see. There's something else. Oh, yeah. I, I think we got a little bit off track with the with everything, but considering the draft that, that just happened as well, and obviously I think you've seen the you seen the draft like happen like a couple of nights ago. Mm. Did you like watch anything beyond like the first overall pick? Um, I did watch uh, uh, the Rangers trade up to get Brandon Schneider, if that's his name. Um, what? or Braden, Braden Schneider. I did see that. I also saw what's their name. The Predators took this goalie who's supposed to be the next Marty Brodeur. So oh, if yeah. uh, uh so if, yeah, so if that's the case, then I guess the Predators won't have to worry about the goaltender position for at least fifteen years. But uh, correct me if I'm wrong. They still got Pekarene, but I guess uh, Pekka's time in bank, Pekka's time there might be uh, numbered. Pecorino. Yeah, Pecorino is too good right now. If you know that joke, then you're an OG. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, yeah, so I guess they want to be ready for whenever Pekka is going to lace up the sk- hang up the skates. But I saw the Rangers traded up three spots to get the defenseman Brandon Schneider. I mean, I don't know too much about the kid, but apparently uh, the Devils wanted him badly, and the Devils had, like, two picks ahead of the Rangers, so they jumped them to go get them. And uh. um, apparently the King, the LA Kings with the second overall pick, uh, I forgot who they picked, but he supposed he, yeah, apparently he was the highest uh, drafted African-American in the NHL history. That's, that's actually amazing. And it just says a lot about how, you know, we've gone from, you know, I mean, granted, most of, most of the league is like, white caucasian and everything but yeah i mean we got i mean i think that in a few depending on where like you're from and stuff the diversity might change because obviously um i mean obviously down south like if you're in miami you're if you have either a basketball or a pair of hockey seats you're probably gonna pick up the basketball because it's always hot out and there's courts everywhere honestly but, i think i think if you're from i think if you're from everywhere in the united states if you're like a little bit more colored, you're probably more likely to pick up either a basketball or a football or maybe even a baseball bat and a baseball instead of a instead of a pair of skates and a stick because I mean, one hockey equipment is far far more expensive than than baseball, basketball, and football equipment. Yeah. And considering how you know. Not not yeah. every uh, person of color is in the best financial shape. I think I think the people are just I think those people are just bound to pick up something that's rather more cheap and rather easy to play than hockey. But well, I mean, yeah. I also do, but I also do like how how the NHL is trying to get pretty much everyone on board and make spread the spread spread the sport to everyone else because honestly even though like even though football and basketball has its own uses i believe that i believe wholeheartedly that hockey is one of the most underrated sports or at least in the major sports world hockey is very underrated like oh yeah i mean the nhl will always reign superior in my opinion over every sport just because I feel like that's the biggest market. And obviously we all know Super Bowl Sunday is pretty much a national holiday. Yeah. I mean, also, I mean, hockey, I feel like, I mean, them competing with like basketball, it's always, it is going to be hard because I personally, I feel like at least in New York anyway, you're going to find a lot more basketball hoops and courts than hockey rinks. But obviously it varies on where you live, but also, but I mean, I, it, it all just depends on, like, the community as a whole. Because, like, personally, I feel like, like, let's just say, like, in New York, at least, like, let's say the Rangers, Devils, and Islanders all become good at the same time, then obviously that's going to grow grow the sport a bit, considering how the Knicks have been a dumpster fire for as long as I can remember, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. <laughs> but the Brooklyn Nets are on the come up, though. Yeah, that's true. 
Yeah, I mean, no, then that's now I have Kevin Durant. So, I mean, but obviously, if uh, I mean, it all just varies on like the culture and stuff because we can we can grow it as a community, but it all, we all have to play a lending hand. Yeah, exactly. Like, mm-hmm. it's like it's a bit hard to compete with basketball, but you know, it is what it is. I I do yeah. I do believe that the NFL and the MLB are in a bit of a downswing when it comes to popularity. And with that said, I do believe that give or take like if it just happens for the next decade, I believe that the NBA will be number 1 and the the NHL will be number 2 when it comes to popularity. Just just because I'm- I mean, baseball, I do definitely agree, is uh, heading down the wrong path because they have one year left on their CBA, and then there is a very, very high chance that a lockout happens. Obviously, I can't guarantee you that, but based on how this they went about the talks this year to save their season, it went pretty bad, and the fact that they even got a season and they're playing right now is a miracle in and of itself. Yeah. But, but the NFL, though, I mean... I feel like as long as there's no like major work stoppage, then the NFL will be fine. Because obviously, when uh, Sundays come around in the fall, I know most most guy most people in America will be sitting on their couch watching football. But I I do I mean obviously though I think the NHL. Um, I mean I know they had a work stoppage a while back. I don't know when their CBA expires, but as long as there's no uh, rough rough bumps in the road, I think they'll be fine. I believe that we like during the uh, pandemic and figuring out everything that we actually got a new CBA while while like figuring out how we're going to play the playoffs and everything. And so, and obviously that got passed. If it didn't, then we wouldn't watch we wouldn't be able to watch hockey. So, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, sports is in a rough time right now, but I think as long as whenever this pandemic ends and we have somewhat of a normal life again, then the ratings will definitely go back up because, as we know, ratings have kind of tanked a bit. I mean, obviously, because we're in a pandemic and sports are a lot different now, but yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So, in the, in the draft, I... There was a the third overall pick, and not I, I forgot who actually got picked third overall, but doesn't really matter because it's not who picked overall, but who announced the pick. <laughs> oh yeah, I saw the Jeopardy thing. Yeah, I I love that so much. Like, like for for as well as I know, I I've all I've always seen my my grandparents just watch either Jeopardy or. Uh, what's that other show? Wheel of Fortune, and <laughs> you know, concerning how like Jeopardy is pretty, it's a pretty fine show and everything. The fact that they just came out and just announced this pick was just amazing, and that yeah, that, that says a lot about the Ottawa Senators as well. Although I do think that would that would probably be a little bit more of a polit, uh, not political, uh, publicity stunt than a than a nice touch. Concerning how their owner is and everything, I mean, you just it just let go of Anthony Duclair like, like that. Yeah, Anthony Duclair, I feel like he's bounced around the league for a little bit because I know he was a former Ranger at one point. Then we traded him to Arizona because we thought John Moore was going to be the missing piece of the puzzle to get us to a cup. Obviously, it wasn't meant to be. Then I think he went to the Blackhawks, and then he might have had another stop somewhere along the way. He went to, I think he ended up in Ottawa, and a few days ago, um, it was announced that Ottawa would not, and simply be, since he was a RFA, a restricted free agent, you have, teams have to uh, give out at least a qualifying offer in order to keep nego- negotiating up, up and for, um, beyond a certain point. And Ottawa didn't give him a qualifying offer, therefore he becomes a unrestricted free agent. And I was like, "You're really gonna let him go like that? I mean, could have you at least traded him or something?" 
Yeah, I mean, sounds like uh, Ottawa's. I mean, Ottawa is literally like one lucky bounce away from going to the Stanley Cup three years ago, and now I don't even think anybody on that team is left. Because I mean, Craig Anderson, they just said that they're not resigning him either. Yeah, and, no one on the team is. No one on that team is left. Yeah, and they traded away. They they traded for Matt Duchesne, or they trade. They traded for Matt team. Duchesne after that season in order to compete and, again, and it just fell apart. Yeah, like, literally, I think um, one of the first-round picks that they gave up ended up going top three. <laughs> oh, jeez. I, I and uh, looks like four. Ottawa is going to be heading for a very long rebuild. So, if uh, you're not a Warsaw fan, I guess it's not a happy time right now. Yeah, wasn't much of a happy time anyways. But... Yeah, I mean, yeah, their owner's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, at least, at least if they did uh, trade one of their players away to the Islanders, <laughs> I would have another jersey in my closet, but, you know, that's... <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, even though the Islanders didn't pick in the first round, I I, I still think I'm very content with Peugeot and everything, just because he's been a really nice player on... He's been a really good addition, and he's... Sort of, kind of like gotten us in the uh, third round-ish, or at least, at least part of his efforts, kind of like, were mixed into the big effort that got us in, into the third round. But yeah, I mean, I was surprised at what they gave up for him, but obviously it worked out. It worked out, and and concerning the fact that the Islanders actually signed them to a new contract, it, I was like, okay, you know what, I agree with this trade wholeheartedly because we're not, we're not just giving away a whole bunch of shit for for someone to be there for at least half a season. Yeah, I mean, the Islanders, uh, they did a good job with getting J.J. Pajot, and I don't, I still don't like him, but <laughs> it is what it is. You have, uh, you have PTSD of his uh, four gold night, don't you? Uh, I mean, that was the last time the Rangers made the playoffs, and I pretty much sent the Rangers right to the rebuild that they're in now. But, I mean, at least the, in my opinion, the Rangers rebuild, I wouldn't say it's exactly finished, but I would say, like, you could see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. I think, I actually, I think considering how you guys actually signed uh, Panarin, and he, he's been kind of really, he's been pretty good with Mika Zibanejad as well. Yeah, that, that's kind of like the light at the end of the tunnel. And the fact that Shesterkin also came in, you guys are you guys are on point. Yeah, I mean, uh, when we traded for Mika Zibanejad like four or five years ago, I mean, Dark Broussard was always a fan favorite over here, so I didn't re- know what they were getting when they traded him, but obviously it was probably one of the biggest robberies of uh, the last decade. <laughs> and <laughs> speaking of Dark Broussard, <laughs> he's worn an Islanders jersey for the past season. I doubt they'll re-sign him again simply because of the cap crunch, but... Yeah, he's he wasn't as good as we hoped we he would have been, but he kind of did contribute at least here and there. So I, I'm not really that mad about it. And plus, it was like a very team friendly contract. When when I actually uh heard about how Dark Brassard was going down, it was like oh first all the rumors were were first like Oilers, Oilers, Oilers. I was like oh, okay yeah who'll sign with the Oilers. And then it shifted to okay, they may they may be signing him, but you know it's kind of like unconfirmed. Then someone came out and said, "I heard he was going to the Islanders." And I was like, mm, "Really?" <laughs> and then like an hour later, Lou Lamarillo signs him. <laughs> That's crazy. It's, it's like, wait, this guy was supposed to be going to the fucking Oilers with. Who have fucking Connor McDavid, Leon Drysaddle, and one of the best markets in oh sorry, and one of the best markets in the National Hockey League, and with a freaking brand new arena, you're going to our team with <laughs> you decide to like give that up in order to go to this team. I mean, granted, I don't think the honors are 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 bad, but we're kind of like. We're casually one of the better off teams in the NHL at the moment, considering how you know we're getting the we're building the new arena and everything. 
actually, speaking of the arena, I I believe one of the last uh, uh what is it? One of the last beams was was placed. So, you know what? That just says a lot about of our uh, progress on the arena, and considering how fast it's, how fast it's gone. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, that new arena will be nice, I hope. I mean, I hope for your sake. <laughs> I heard... I actually read up on something that they're supposed to be... It's supposed to be the largest lower bowls in the entire NHL. In fact, it's probably... Once it, once it opens, it'll probably have the largest lower bowls in the entire NHL. Interesting. And the... And the roof is supposed to be lower than most modern NHL arenas. So, maybe it's not so Coliseum on steroids? Hmm. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. And the draft and everything. The Howard Trucks. And you know, uh, Dave Howard Truck recently, uh, well... Winnipeg Jets legend and everything. He uh, recently died with uh, lung cancer. And, Damn. Yeah, it's sad. But when the Jets had their chance to uh, pick, they had his uh, wife announce the pick. And honestly, that was a that was a that was a really nice moment because it just says a lot about the Winnipeg Jets and how they respect their former players and even though maybe it wasn't this this Jets it was still kind of like it was still kind of like it's like one of the one of the most legendary uh players to even play in Winnipeg and that that was just a nice touch honestly yeah, I like that a lot yeah same. and last thing on my yeah uh, so um oh go ahead yeah, I was gonna say uh, I wasn't sure how many more topics we got, but uh, you said you had like one more. Oh yeah, one more uh, topic, and this was a trade that happened a few days ago. I'm actually just gonna go see where the ah, crap fucking kept finally. Um, let's see the The Montreal Canadiens and the Columbus Blue Jackets. I'm trying to see where where it is, but uh, you know, you may or may not know uh this player called uh Max. Ah, fuck it, I'll just go to one of the teams that actually did trade. Okay, so ah here we are. The Columbus Blue Jackets traded Josh Anderson in exchange for Max Domi and the 2023rd round pick. I mean, I don't. I mean, my I don't know hockey the way you do, but based on what I was hearing, that sounded like a trade rape. <laughs> it was like, how the fuck do you trade the better play of the of the of the trade and you're a pick in order to get a what? Josh Anderson, who played like one fucking game last season. Granted, he was in IR, but still, like, how the fuck do you do that? I mean, I guess. I mean, honestly, yo, I feel like it's one of those moves where if you're like the other like twenty nine GMs in the league, it's like, yo, why the fuck weren't we on the fucking phone discussing this shit? I mean, honestly, if 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 it's if it's that way, why 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 don't the Islanders should fucking trade Andrew Ladd to the Montreal Canadiens in that case? Like, how the fuck do you do that? And you know. <laughs> You know, you know Andrew Ladd, right? It's yeah, yeah, one of the worst signings in Islanders history. I mean, I feel if I mean personally, the way I look at it is if that was that's all it took to get him, then maybe the Rangers could have called and say, "Yo, you could have Leas Anderson." Oh since, yeah, since okay. he's not with the Rangers anymore. Yeah, but they trade him to the LA Kings. Honestly, I I feel like Leas Anderson was going to the Oilers in exchange for uh, Jesse Puliarvi. It was kind of like a unwanted skilled player for unwanted skilled player, kind of thing. I thought that was going to be the case, but apparently not. Yeah, I mean Anderson. Um, 
clearly didn't work out with the Rangers because he wasn't too happy with management. But obviously, it was what it was. I remember they dropped in seventh overall. I thought that's when the rebuild first started. So I was like, all right, this guy will probably be one of our major pieces. Obviously, it wasn't meant to be. So I obviously wish him nothing but the best in Los Angeles. Yeah, but... and you know if if he does like I I you know if he does very well in Los Angeles, Godspeed to him. Yeah, I mean, maybe he just needed a change of scenery. That is true. Yeah, I mean, the Kings, uh, one point were a dominant team, and now they're in a rebuild. So, yeah, we'll see. How, we'll see how long that takes. Honestly, maybe I don't think the light you know, tell is as clear as the Rangers are with the LA Kings build, but I do kind of see where they're going with with things and everything. So, yeah. I mean, I think. Like they got the blueprint, they just need to. Yeah. So, I, I just, I, I'm I'm looking at the trade right now, and I'm just still perplexed by it. And even though Max Domi yeah, got so... like overpaid in his contract afterwards because both of them were like RFAs and everything. I think the signing was terrible. Maybe maybe things turn out the way we don't expect, but I just don't know. Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, this is why the, the every uh, organization has top guys, so hopefully they know what they're doing. Yeah. But obviously they know a lot more than I do, so. <laughs> Apparently. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, hockey's not my, like, I'm not, like, obviously I like hockey, but. It's just not my most knowledgeable sport because, like, hockey was, like, the last sport I got into, really. But, like, I know, like, the like I could tell you certain players and stuff. I couldn't name you, like, five players on the Florida Panthers, but – and I also don't know most prospects. But, I mean, I'm learning the game as we go along. Yeah, and I think this podcast will actually pretty much help you considering how things will be going and, like yeah. – the next few years yeah so i mean i'll definitely uh, do my research so that way next time we have a uh, next episode i'll i'll be a little bit more knowledgeable yeah. and i'll help other friends of hockey too i could actually link you a few sites that actually do help me with with knowledge and everything and they've actually they've actually helped me kind of like understand the business side of everything and yeah. Mm, yeah. So I mean, we'll definitely uh, for all our fans out there listening, we'll definitely try and uh, get as many episodes in as we possibly can, so that way you guys can enjoy us arguing. <laughs> <laughs> fuck your Rangers, by the way. <laughs> uh, fuck the Islanders. <laughs> fuck the Devils and the Penguins all day. <laughs> fuck the Penguins. Yeah, fuck the Penguins. I mean, Pittsburgh. That Pittsburgh, I think, has one more year left in their window before they blow it all up. I don't. I don't think they have any more more years in their fucking window. If they fucking lost to the fucking Canadiens in like a qualifying qualifier round, they, they're fucking done. Just blow it the fuck up already. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll just keep the boys back around just for one more run. But it's probably going to fall in their face. And then it's like, all right, boys, uh, Crosby, Malkin, thank you, boys. Go retire. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Whenever those two guys leave, that's when they're definitely going down the rebuild path. But I think as long as as those two guys are together, I think Pittsburgh will always try to compete. Just like how you hear me now. Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, so uh, I'm having some technical difficulties right now, but before we uh, close this up, we were just saying how the Penguins can... Uh, we both hope for our sake that they fucking become terrible, but... Yeah, I mean, it's, I about, mean, it's about damn time. But then again, yeah. once they become terrible, the, the NHL will just give them the first overall pick anyways, and they'll probably draft the next Mario Lemieux or Sidney Crosby <laughs> or something. So... <laughs> yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh... I mean, as long as them and the doubles can stay terrible, I think we can both agree on that. Eh, but I sort of have sympathies for the for the Devils simply because they're not the Rangers. But yeah, um, as long as long as Pittsburgh is terrible, fuck them. Yeah, I mean, 
they'll probably get yeah one last hurrah for Crosby and Malkin. Let them get bounced in the first round again, and then blow that fucking thing up. Yeah, and I hope, I hope, I hope it's the Islanders that they'll just meet them in the first round again, just because fuck them. <laughs> well, I mean, you swept them last year. Might as well get one last sweep and them right into the trash can, right into a rebuild. Yep. <laughs> just right. sweep them into a fucking rebuild. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully the hockey gods uh, hear our prayers. Yeah. All right, man. It's been a pleasure talking to you this this weekend. Definitely. And one last, one last thing. Fuck the trash. <laughs> It was a pleasure having me on, Anthony. I really appreciate it.